Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Paz I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining, Jeremy Dunn, and Jack McEnroe. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Paz I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. I want to wish everybody a happy Easter, and thank you all for tuning in to get your dose of hope this week. Um, I am waiting for my co-host, Jack McEnroe, to call in. I hope he uh, didn't lose track of time with uh, the Easter holidays and things like that coming through. Um, I had a great holiday today. I went to uh, my aunt's house, had, you know, turkey, pork, um, ham, had the whole, you know, Easter um, dinner, had uh, a great time with family, getting to see them is always good, and um, came home, had some relaxation, and now excited to, uh, you know, be on the air tonight. Uh, tonight we have um, a friend that I met on Facebook, his name is Jacob Pring, and he runs Jacob Pring Events, where he um, does a whole bunch of stuff, so when he comes on, I'll talk about that. Uh, I'm still waiting to get confirmation from Jack um, from being on, so... I want to thank you all. If you're not familiar with us, we are here every Sunday at 9 p.m. Um, and it's myself, Robert Brining, and my two co-hosts, uh, Jack McEnroth and Jeremy Dunn, rotate back and forth. Um, this evening's guest is Jacob Pring. Um, he runs these events in Philadelphia, well, coming to Philadelphia and Chicago soon, apparently in Washington, D.C. and New York. And he's going to come on and talk about uh, the events and why he started them. Um, on the 11th of April, we have Devandia Roseboro, and she is an author and activist, and she's going to come on and share her story. On the 18th, we will have Brandon Moxada, who is from the ADAPT Advocacy Association, which I just currently became a board member on, um, and with the new waiting list and stuff like that, um, he's going to come on and give us some updates and remind everybody, you know, the importance of ADAPT. And, and why it's so desperately needed for people to get the, their life-saving medications. And um, I'm excited to have him back on on the 18th. And then on the 25th, we rescheduled Herman Young, who's going to come on and talk about um, being HIV positive and a liver transplant survivor. So um, kind of uh, interesting uh, story that he has to share, so I'm sure it will inspire many. I do have um, a big announcement to, to make. Um, we do have... A really great show coming up. So you guys are going to want to mark your calendars. It is March. I'm sorry, I lied. It is May 23rd, Sunday, May 23rd. We are going to have the lovely Kimberly Locke on. Um, for some of you who may not be familiar, but kind of remember the name, but don't can't put a face to it. Um, Kimberly Locke was on American Idol season two. She finished third, uh, right behind Ruben Studdard and Clay Aiken. So. Um, She's, uh, she does a lot of work for camps with pe with, uh, for children with HIV and AIDS, and uh, she actually won a lot of money for uh, Camp Heartland, which I believe is in Wisconsin, on the show Don't Forget the Lyrics with Wayne Brady. So as I'm waiting for Jack to call in, I bet he forgot because it was a holiday and he thought that we didn't have a show tonight. Oh, I have to get on him. Um, so, again, that is day 23rd of May. You're going to want to um, mark your calendar for Kimberly Locke to come on. And, um, again, for the first-time listeners, if you are listening for the first time, you can go ahead and add us as a friend right here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, and you can also find Pause I Am Radio on Facebook and on MySpace and on Twitter. If you follow any of us, you can just search Pause I Am, P-O-Z-I-A-M, on any of those social networks, and you're going to find a profile, and you can uh, – become a fan of us or follow us or vice versa. We also are connected to a larger site, which is POSIM, the social network, um, which is for people who are living with um, HIV and AIDS to come and kind of find a bond. I wanted to create a support group. I personally didn't have a support group living outside of the city of Philadelphia, so I kind of wanted to create my own support group, and I, I decided to have a social networking kind of site 
for, you know, the people that are positive because a lot of people don't like to come out on Facebook. Not everybody is like myself. So I think having a smaller site that's private, it allows more people to come out and feel comfortable, which is always a good thing. That's why we do what we do here. So I am, again, waiting for Jack. I don't know if this is Jack, but I'm going to go ahead and bring this person on the air. Uh, hello, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> Happy Easter, Jack. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm at a friend's house watching a movie, and I was like, I looked at my watch, and I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, so sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's fine. I just wanted to make sure that you didn't, um, maybe, I don't know, I figured maybe you thought it was Easter or you were out doing something, and I was like, well, if you forgot, he forgot, no big deal. No. But I, I'm glad I, that you, uh. I, I, did for, I didn't, for, I have it in my calendar and my <laughs> But my phone, we were watching a movie, so my phone usually gives me an alarm, but it didn't. And I was like, I was like, I know I have something to do tonight. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Happy, so how you been, happy man? Happy Easter. I'm good. I'm really happy good. Happy Easter to you. Yeah. What's yeah, uh, anything exciting today that you did? Um, no, I'm, I'm not a real religious person, so no, but it was gorgeous in New York City. So I just, um, you know, tooled around the city, did my thing, and... Um, yeah, it was really it was it was beautiful here. So oh, I just saw your email. You're like, um, hi? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Are you <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that you didn't. You know, I don't know. Maybe you had an event or something last minute that you know kind of slipped your mind. So no, I think no, let me no. just send that off. What did I want to also say to you this morning? Uh, I was up and I was looking on YouTube at I was looking actually at a, a media reel for uh, Kimberly Locke, and I saw this thing that it was like a little video and it was called Project Peepway. What does that mean? And, you know, like the Easter peeps? Okay. Well, they, like, did a little reenactment of Project Runway. Oh, my <laughs> it has, like, a, a little Tim Gunn walking around going, it better, you better work, or, you know, they make it work, and all those things are, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> oh, my God, that's totally genius. It was really, really funny. I thought, well, it, I I just thought of you instantly. A, I, I just did have a question for you, because I... I I mean that's fucking that's amazing that we we get to interview her. But does she actually have a a tie into HIV or? Um, yeah. Okay. What is that? Yeah, she actually um, Kimberly Locke was on a show called Don't Forget the Lyrics. Right. You remember with Wayne Brady? Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Well, I think they did like I guess a celebrity one, and she played to actually win money for Camp Heartland, which is oh, that's in awesome. Heartland which is um, in Wisconsin, which is really, you know, close-knitted to Bob Bowers. Right, right, right. No, that's great. Well, I know I heard of it before. When she was on there, I was just like, oh, no way. And she ended up winning a lot of money from what I remember. Oh, cool. So I was like, oh, well, you know, we can come on and, you know, her bio talks about a lot of the stuff that she does for giving back. And she's just a wonderful person, so. Right, right. <laughs> so um, our guest is on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and bring um, – Jacob Nathaniel Pring of Jacob Pring Events on. So, Jacob, welcome to Pause I Am Radio. How are you doing tonight? Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Jacob. He's all serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I can't talk about, you know, Kimberly Locke and or, <laughs> you can Tim talk Gunn about running her. around jumping up and down. We don't know, we don't know her down. either. We don't know her either. So we're just shooting the shit about her. <laughs> right. We're excited. So, Jacob, welcome to the show. It sounded like Jack forgot about me when I first saw him join or got in. (laughs) (laughs) I am a very, very busy person. I have a lot going on. I had to go in the sun today. I had to go shopping. (laughs) You know. Don't take it personally. (laughs) Yeah, the bright. Did you buy an Easter bonnet? No, I made one earlier today. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. So, Jacob, how are you? I'm... Fabulous. Well, that's great. Um, it's interesting, you know. We um we met on Facebook. Um, I don't know how who friended who, but we ended up uh, becoming friends on Facebook. And you know, your events are 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 great because it's you know a lot of people don't hold events like that um in the cities, and I feel like that's something that's lacked. I know in Philly there hasn't been an event that I know of that's been like, oh, come to the bar, it's a positive event. No, everyone's pretty much too scared to do this sort of thing. I mean, they're, it's very easy to hide in the dark and try to pretend you don't have it versus 
going all out and coming out of the closet and saying you're HIV positive. So it's a whole other story. Yeah. So tell us um, um tell us a little bit of a uh, background about you. Where where are you from? And you know, I'm from Levittown. Okay. I'm from Levittown, Pennsylvania. Um, that's where you live. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Coincidence. <laughs> right. And then um, <laughs> so I grew up in Philly. I uh, went into the Air Force um, at age 20 and uh, got out of Air Force around 24. Uh, I went to Did Temple. Did you fly? What's that? Did you become a pilot? No, I was a medic. I worked in the hospital. I was a CPR instructor. Um, took care of sick and dying patients and uh, was in charge of infection control, actually. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so I knew... Quite a lot about HIV practices before I even, you know, got, you know, HIV. So how that came about was a whole other, you know, lifetime later it feels like. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, how how old were you when you were diagnosed? Um, it was coming up on seven years. So I'll, I turn 35 next Monday. So. Um, 28? Like 28. <laughs> <laughs> and what was that like for you? I mean, like, was it a shock or was it, I mean, because you said you were educated about it, so Very, was it something that you didn't well, expect? I would say it was in my little, I, I, little background is like I've been to every circuit party in the world and I basically picked it up while I was in Palm Springs for a white party in 2003. And I met this cute little blonde boy, like, he was like six years younger than me, and he swore he was HIV negative, and, and it just takes one dumb decision, and I um, made a error in judgment, and, and that's how it came about. And then three months later, I was in Toronto for Toronto Pride, and I found out over the phone. So I was in Toronto when I found out on the phone. I used my metal experience to make them tell me over the phone. So I tricked them into telling me. So, wow, how was that? That was um really a psychological thriller for the weekend at a circuit party. Yeah. So, but I had really good friends around me, so that's good. Now, for people who aren't familiar with circuit parties, because te- technically I've never been to one. What exactly entails? Is it just a big orgy or? Well, some people don't know. <laughs> that's what, I've never been to one, so that's what I assume a circuit party is, and I could be wrong. I'll explain what a circuit Like, if you think what a circuit is, circuit. <laughs> Why are you laughing, I'm Jack? sorry. I was the circuit party boy for, like, ten years, so yeah. I, like, went to the, I think I went to, like, I went to the first ten white parties in Palm Springs. Like, I yeah. was the very first one, and there was, like, 500 people there, so. I just think it's funny that you don't know what one is because, it's, but anyways, go but on. But we'll give them a little education. So a circuit, yeah. if you think in electrical, I mean, I went to school for like electrical engineering, like is like a circuit, like electrical is connecting different, basically it's diff, connecting different cities like within a current. So everyone, would, every city would have its own party, like New York has black party and Montreal has black and blue and Disney, or Orlando has gay, I mean, um, has gay days, and Houston has the purple party, and and there's Chicago two had a, There's two white parties in Miami. There's a white white party. Ohio had a red party. It's like all every over. city, there's a like of them. every yeah, uh, Mardi Gras in Australia, um, Carnival in Rio, um, et cetera, et cetera. And it connects throughout the world, and there's like a million people that <laughs> you get caught up into it for like ten years and. I just went to my yeah. four, I went I just went to my 14th black party in New York so it's just it's it's crazy. And I think it's kind of I mean it is what you make of it. I think at the inception of the circuit meaning like you hear people refer to circuits and like oh they do the they do the um you know old celebrities can do the Vegas circuit or I mean it's just <laughs> like it's just kind of a terminology for that but I think the inception of like kind of the big circuit party which is like a traveling party or like a destination party for gay men especially. They have them for women, too, but not as, as many. But I think it started probably late 80s. Like, I remember I think the first white party was in, like, 87 or 88. And then um, it kind of spilled out of, like, the big saint parties. But now they're they're astronomically huge. I mean, you know, like, 
the the big circuit party in Palm Springs, like because of the economy, it's it's kind of faded out a little bit. But you know, I mean, at one point in its heyday, there was like tens of thousands of people that, that would go to these, and um, you know, for a lot of people, it involves a lot of shenanigans and drugs and alcohol and whatever. And for some people, it's not. It's just dancing and um, you know, community and it's, it's what you make of it, basically. I think. And a lot of them are a lot of cities like White Party in in uh, Miami. Um, every November is like charity or, are for charities. This is our charity. I mean, charity uh, charity oriented. So, uh, Winter Party in Miami does the same. So they're giving back to uh, like HIV AIDS, um, um, you know, sort of establishments. So right, and they are really fun. Like I have to, admit, I I'm a big fan of the outdoor ones, like the the ones in. Miami and Palm Springs, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm too old to be stuffed in, like, Roseland for 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so that's sort of oh, set me. So when I found that out, that sort of set me off into a little roller coaster. Because um, of who I was, I was Mr. Safe Sex Boy and turned, you know, <laughs> his life upside down, basically, when I found that out. So, um Put me down to a, so when, a spiraling, um, you know, staircase, basically turning to uh, drugs like crystal meth and stuff, and uh, basically just bad things kept happening, or made me get into more of that and stuff like that, and and I really just pulled myself back out of it and and just decided enough's enough, and and just had figured out this past year what's what made me happy and and I like helping people I, I always have I guess so I figure I'm gonna I'm a natural born leader like I, I mean I was in the Air Force and uh, I played football in high school and always ROTC in high school as a recruiter and I would always get people to encourage people to do things so I figured I could use my gifts of getting people together I'm really good at getting people out to do things. Um, and I decided to tackle the issue of the stigma surrounding HIV. Now, have you told your family or that you were positive? Um, like, Or how long did it take after you were diagnosed, if you did tell them? As soon as I found out I was diagnosed, I called every friend I knew and every family member I was in contact with and told them. I want to out loud people. When I do when I do something, I do it like really loud. Like my whole back's a whole tattoo. It's like it was my first tattoo, but it's like my whole back. So it's like I go. I'm very intense. Very intense. <laughs> so I I just wanted to get it all over with. So I was like boom 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 done. How was that received? Um, very supportive. Um, well, not like I lost a friend or a family hard. member over it. What? I didn't lose a family friend, a family member, or a friend over it. So that's good. I mean, usually people are. I mean, it sounds. It sounds like you dealt with it fairly well. I mean, you went through your. I mean, a lot of people act out. Um, I know I did, and then. But that's pretty amazing that. I mean, that the 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 reception you got was fairly good. I mean, I just think people respond to that kind of information in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I mean. When it comes to meeting people at a bar, this is where this positive events I've created um, comes from. Is I would say over the last seven years, I've met 20 of the hottest boys and like had the best time out of the night at the bar or, or whatever event I met them at. And by the end of the night, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to tell them I'm HIV positive and see what they how they feel about it. And they're like, oh, sorry, I can't deal with it. Have a nice life. And some are even ruder than that in some cases. So it was just like, wow. So, and I'm a very confident, cocky. I, I mean, I have no problem. I have no, you know, I I don't I could take rejection very well, but but when it comes to that kind of thing, it really eat well at me. And I'm like, if if it affects me like that, then people like my friends and people that are very self conscious and stuff. And, you know, that a lot of what I found out by throwing these events is a lot of people can't handle that. So it's a 
pretty much have created a safe haven with my pause events I've, I've created, um, which I do now weekly in uh, DC at the Green Lantern um, every Wednesday from 8 to midnight. And I guess bartend, so I give a happy face that we have a second floor all to ourselves, and I have like seven HIV positive DJs. That, so it's a very comfortable um, atmosphere I've created. Yeah, one of the members um, on uh, one of the members in the chat room, David, says that he's actually been through some of your events and they're fun. The ones in DC. Yeah, they are a lot of fun. I would say I feel really good and proud about it. Um, I, the first couple I threw in DC, I probably had a hundred people come up and give me personal handshakes and say thank you very much. And um, they surely tip me a lot, so I mean, they really. <laughs> <laughs> gratuitous about it, so they're very, um, and I've made some very close friends, I, like I took two of the people I met from my pause events to Black Party with me. Oh, cool. Uh, for their first, for their first time, so. Um, and uh, I've, I've fostered other people I hadn't met before, and so I've probably made like 15 friends from it so far. Well, I think it's a great a great way of dealing with that issue because, I mean, I know just from personal experience and emails and stuff that that's a, one of the most common questions is, when do you tell someone, do you tell someone, you know, if you're interested in someone, should you, I mean, it's 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 this weird question that doesn't have an answer, or a right answer. It's like, I mean. I, I, I'm 100% like, tell them first night. <laughs> if they're not compassionate enough to or mature enough to deal with it, then they're not really the person that you need to be, be yeah. with anyways. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I totally agree. I'm, I mean, I'm obviously very <laughs> out about my status, and I right. actually I actually don't, I don't meet a lot of people in bars, and I assume that most people, especially in the gay community, know that I'm HIV positive anyways, but but I even, even you know, bef I, I do before the date. If there's like a date set up or something and where we've been at a gym and done whatever, I, be, I be, before I even get there, I'm like, are you sure you're that okay with this? Because if not, like, I don't even want to waste my time. So. Yeah, I mean, at Black Party, I even met Lance from Miami that you know. Um, you guys both know I met. I uh -huh. met. And like, he couldn't believe everything I'm doing here. Um, so it's, it's very interesting. He's like, wow, I can't believe you're that, like, forthcoming with your HIV status that fast. I'm like, I don't waste no time to tell people. I'm like, just get it over, get it over with. <laughs> right. So. Um. It's important because, you know, a lot of people worry about that, that disclosure thing. It's kind of like the, the shady area where they don't know how to do it, when to do it. And it's good to hear that you go right out and do it right away because it shows people that, you know, it, you don't have to be really afraid about it, especially when you're in an environment, you know, like your pause events because, it's kind of like you said, like a safe haven for them to go, and it probably really allows people to disclose, even just to their friends, a little bit easier. It, it's really helping people because it's helping them become stronger by having people to to become friends with. And, um, you know, when you have more friends that are okay with it, then you're okay with telling more people. Right, and I also think when you even just meet people and just see people that – are in the same situation that you are, even if you go to these, I mean, I've been to, to pause events here in the city, and it's like you see all types of people from all cross-sections of the population. Yeah, every, every walk really of life cool. is affected. Yeah, but it's really cool to see people like, I think a lot of people, I mean, especially in non-urban areas, think they're the only one and feel really isolated and, um, you know, I mean, it's nice to go to a group like that and be like, oh, wow. I mean, not necessarily every single person there has to be HIV positive, but I'm like, obviously this is a place where everyone's really accepting of it. It's something that's talked about. It's a part of a lot of these people's lives, and, and you can relate to that. So you you were wondering about the circuit thing there, Robert. Well, I'm kind of sort of, mm -hmm. I'm starting a, basically a pot circuit thing, pretty much. I'm starting a party in New York every Thursday at Vlada Lounge starting April 22nd from 8 to midnight as well, with me guest bartending and one of my HIV-positive DJs each week. Um, and then in May, I'm starting it in Philadelphia at Woody's every Tuesday night with me guest bartending. 
um, at some point, <laughs> I can't be in every place at all times. But once I get established, then I think I was contacted tonight about Baltimore. So people from Baltimore want this party, and and I have it on the books to do Chicago next. So it's just I feel it needs to be in every major city. Um, what I'm doing weekly, I feel that very strongly about it. Right. Cool. Now, now what goes on at these events? Like, I mean, is it just people hanging out at the bar, having drinks, like you would do at a normal place, or is there specific things that you kind of do during the night it's, it's to bring like people that. together? It's like being able to go out to a bar again and not feel ashamed to go out <laughs> or weird. Gotcha. And people play pool at one bar, um, can dance, um, you know, it's more, it's like a mixer. It's like a networking opportunity to meet other guys that are positive. And you're at a mainstream bar again and feeling okay about being HIV positive. Instead of most of these positive events that, that SIN does in major cities and like here in D.C., Hope and uh, D.C. Young Positive Socials, they're all at like houses and such. And that's that's good and all, but that wasn't something that I was attracted to ever going to. And I've been a member of both of those groups for seven years on their Yahoo groups, but I had never really attended one of them because I was never really interested in going to someone's house for the very first time because I'm one of those intense people. I want the bar. So <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm just going to create something that I feel is lacking. So I just did it. Right. Well, someone has to start it. Just in defense of Sin, because they've been really we're, – we're good friends with them. I've been to a bunch of events that they've done in here in New York City that were at bars, but I, I think they do do other social events that are not yeah, bar-related. They do once a month at uh, Stonewall on the second floor right. on a Saturday night. Um, David uh, Levin, or Levin or something, or Lillian, or I can't remember <laughs> how to pronounce it. Yeah. But he'll be coming. The Stonewall in New York? Yeah, Stonewall uh-huh. in New York. Okay. No, because there's a Stonewall in Allentown, PA. That's why I was asking. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to be trying to start on there and come soon because they're too scared. They probably think they're the only person. Like you said, in the urban areas, people think they're the only one. Yeah, it's tough. So rural areas, yeah. The fact that these events aren't happening weekly in every major city, um, once they are, then those smaller cities will come around. No, I think that's actually really a great undertaking because, I mean, I hadn't really thought about that, and it's like, I do think that the regularity of something every week at the same time yeah. is a, is great because I know how that it seems to me, and I was never, I mean, I kind of don't really go out to bars that much anymore, so I kind of had not really paid close attention to the events like this, that Sin did, but it, it it would be nice to know that you're always like, oh, well, every Thursday it's, oh, like I, there's this time and I don't have to worry about if I can't make it this week or it changes around, and so I think that's great. And I say I have like 50 regular patrons, every, you know, that I know. Like, I, so it's like, I know what drink they're going to order. Right. And they know who I am. They knew all the DJs. And it's the same time. And I've, I've learned a lot. I started it at different hours. And I started it at the end of November, uh, November 24th. I think I started it um, the week before World AIDS Day, actually, because the second one I did was on World AIDS Day. And um, so I learned a lot. So, um, I started at one venue and I changed it to another, and then I was holding it at third, and so I've kind of weaned it down to the Wednesdays in D.C. and I figured out it's the best location to have it. Um, but I'm also going to be throwing a tea dance on May 16th at Town Dance Boutique um, from 48 on a Sunday, and we'll see how that goes. So the owners of the, the big club even are interested in this event. Right. Now, do I want to ask what a tea dance is? <laughs> right, Robert, are you like a complete gay idiot? Like, we're going to take your gay card away. <laughs> um, I don't go out anymore. So he lives in Levittown, Pennsylvania. And, Jack, I'm from Levittown. It's one of those things, if you ever get out, you never go back. <laughs> <laughs> a tea dance well, just means I don't really know where the, where the actual terminology is. If you look it up from. on Wikipedia... Yeah, we don't drink tea, but um, basically it's just they're usually Sunday during the day, and that's just it's just. Although I'm gonna have Long Island iced teas as my special for five dollars. Yes. So there you go. <laughs> the special kind of tea. <laughs> um, 
but that that'll be interesting um, to see how. My that question, goes. I have a question for you. Were you. Is there anything you said you learned a lot? Is there anything that surprised you about like maybe the demographic of people that came, or the cross section, or just anything in particular that when you were doing the events you were something unexpected? Nothing surprised me, but the, the but how appreciative everyone was. I wasn't. I didn't see it coming that like. <laughs> like the a hundred people over the first three weeks, like came up and hand, gave me handshakes. It was like wow, it was like really intense and like, and the emails and the messages I get on Facebook is like, I can't even tell you how many like emails and like wow, like I've been waiting for something like this to happen in my life that, and like, you know, just that kind of stuff. It's been very inspiring. Excellent. So it makes me um, want to do more. So you said, and I think you contacted me on Facebook about the event of Lada. Is that right? Yeah, I first contacted you to see if you wanted to come down for the tea dance that was going to be on April fifteenth in DC, but I rescheduled or April eighteenth, but I rescheduled it now for May sixteenth. So maybe you can look at that on your calendar. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, my Vlada one, um, I was going to start on April fifteenth, but I'm doing a jockathon event here in DC that I have all the gay sports teams coming together. Oh, cool. But, um. Do the um the Do April twenty second if you want to if you wanted to help me headline the first one or whatever that'd be nice. Yeah, after yeah I'm I'm well as you can see by my lateness to this particular phone call, <laughs> um, I go very day by day in my schedule. Yeah, kind if of you, a hot if mess, you, but um yeah we'll. Talk. If you didn't get sunburn that day, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and um, I've been my friend that comes to my pause parties has a house on Fire Island and is uh, allowing us to do a pause party on Fire Island this summer too. Oh, good. And up uh, and one of the bar owners um, in Rehoboth Beach, um, Cloud Nine, is allowing us to have pause parties there too if we want them. So it's like I, I keep getting contact. I just don't have the resources for funding for travel. <laughs> Otherwise, this probably go a lot faster. Right, right. Because pause dot net is for sale. For fifteen thousand dollars. So I, I, <laughs> no, and I was talking to Lance in Miami about that, and he's gonna attempt to try to get that for, with something you know, try to make them cave in for that. Right. So he's working on that for, for the cause. Cool. Seriously, <clears throat> you're like an event machine, man. I am. I throw like three main parties. I do my code party, which is a strict dress code fetish party, and I had that last night. That was a lot of fun. <clears throat> and I do a gay comedy show. I am the website gaycomedyshow.com. And what um, is that? It's um gay comedians. I have like a database of like 85 gay and lesbian comedians that my friend Sean Hollenbeck hosts um, the show for me. Um, this had my second event down here in D.C. And we're going to be taking it to um, Philadelphia at Warrior Night Club as well. And then I'll probably do it at Vlada. Um, in New York as well, and then when John Blair opens up his new club in October, he wants it, so I'll be doing it there. Now, I'm curious, why are you doing the pause event at Woody's and not at Voyeur? Uh, because uh, coming to Philadelphia is me coming home event, and my first gay bar ever was Woody's. Right, right. And um, Tuesday nights, they don't do anything upstairs, and I have the whole second level, too, at my disposal. So. Awesome. I, I like it because it's dance floor and I have my DJs and it's just because I have m more venues for my events right? and I'm very comfortable with Woody's. I worked at Woody's when I was in 1999, so although Woody that was when I was sneaking into the bars. Just fell up, Jack. But I'll be in Philadelphia next weekend for my code party too, so <clears throat> at Voyeur Nightclub. Oh, I see. So, um, wow. so, I do a lot. So, and uh, let people know what your website is, actually. Let me uh, let people know. You guys can give us a call here um, at the show if you'd like to call in and speak to us or Jacob. You can reach us at 347-215-9442. Uh, David, if you'd like to call in and talk about the event that you've been to, I would love to hear more about it. I'm sure Jacob would, too. And where can people uh, find you at, Jacob, your uh, website? Because I know you have a few of them, right? Uh, I have my Jacob Pring website, jacobpring.com website that will be um, ready to, it'll be launched on April 15th um, at my Jockathon event, basically. Um, so they can do that. 
and uh, they could go to codedc.com for that event, gaycomedyshow.com for that event. And for the pods, ones I have, podsdc.com, podsnyc.com, podsphilly.com, and podschicago.com. I own those. So. And then cool. on Facebook, if you, Facebook, I have facebook.com slash Jacob Pring events or facebook.com slash podsdc and, you know, so forth. Um, yeah, that, you, you're like all over. <laughs> like, it's really, I had no idea, like how basically how much I'm, stuff you had going on. It's really impressive. I'm a natural born innovator. I, I mean, it, it's something I feel is missing. I can create something to fill in the back or the the gaps. Right. And you know, it seems that these you know these events or or organizations that are coming out by you know. You know, just you, one individual who's HIV positive who wanted to do something to help others that are positive. These events and these sort of little venues are starting to become like so much more, I guess, needed than what you see these big companies doing. And I think it's more because there's that personal touch when people are coming to their event. They're coming to the event and they already know who who Jacob Pring is. Usually um, beforehand, right? I'm sorry. Usually these people know who you are already beforehand. So with you being there and promoting the event, you kind of put that personal touch on the event, which makes the event a little bit more enjoyable to know that you already got a friend before you come. I didn't know any of these guys until I started the pause party, the ones that I've met through my pause event, other than my one friend who I do my code party with. So it's But I mean old. these people who friend you on Facebook are yeah. coming and are like, yeah. you know, they know me through my other events that I've done, um, my code party that I started in September, and I was doing a, um, a drag brunch when I first moved back here. Um, so, um, but yeah, i only been doing this stuff so such a short period of time, and, and I'm already at my 5,000 people max on Facebook, so people um, <laughs> seem to want to know what's going on. <laughs> That's so annoying. That five thousand max is so annoying. That is annoying. <laughs> I'll pay the extra money. I just, you know, I I can't even say yes or no. I'm just like, all right, I have to farm farm my Facebook now. Okay, you no, you no. It's the same. You, you to the left, you to the right. Oh, never you. You know, whatever. Yeah, I know. It's really. It's. I don't know. I guess they do that for like a spamming reason, but it's really super annoying. Um, but anyway. Especially because you can't even send out like a group message to people from your friend list. I know. You have to type them all in, so I don't know. Yeah. That's crazy. Are you on Twitter, too? Um, I am not uh, officially yet, but I'm sure that's coming. Well, now, do you, cool. um, Hopefully you get um, the, the pause.net site, and you can, like, maybe that will be, like, a central for everything. Right. It sounds like everything's taken off so fast and spread out so quickly, it's like... You know, it is multiplying rather quickly, and I and people keep contacting me wanting to do, me to do more. I'm like, I'm like, well, I I just don't have the resources to be honest. If I had the money, I could make things happen a lot faster. That's, right. That's pretty much, I know it. I know that fact because just of what I have accomplished so fast, uh, I already have so many people that you know from meeting all my friends at the circuit parties throughout the years. I have friends in every major city, so. Well, the thing so is, that also, that, that also sheds light on the fact that it's like, you know, it, it, I, people that are HIV negative and don't really, I mean, I know I think, you know, it's not just a gay disease, but a gay men should be very conscious of, of HIV. And I just think that it's, if you're an HIV negative person, you highly underestimate the number of HIV positive people. And I know, especially for people that are newly diagnosed, they're like, Oh my God! I don't know anyone that's HIV positive, and I feel so alone in this and that. And I'm like, dude, half of my friends are HIV positive. Like, I, you know, I, it's not that uncommon. It's facial, especially in a in a, a an urban city where you know New York, LA, any where, where there's a critical mass of, of a gay population. Um, not that it is a gay disease to reiterate that, but there's a lot of positive people, and there's definitely a need for a social outlet. So I think it's it's great. Yeah. So now you see what I want. Maybe you can help me get there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, That's a good I, I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm all in. You know, okay. anytime I can. 
I think if we travel together, we could get this done faster. <laughs> well, I take 50%, so just so you know. <laughs> it's all good. It's not like I'm making anything. Uh, well, 50%, 50% of zero is, yeah. It's, it's you know, good. we're going to have fun in life, and that's what it's about. Right. And we're going to make people, you know, you know what? The money I'm making is making people happy. So if you're happy with uh, sharing, making other people happy, happy. Uh, Share half of that, then you're, then by all means, okay. you'll be a rich man. <laughs> so no, take but, a bunny, but if you think about bunny. it, if we had the website Pause.net, uh, you get all the drug companies to sponsor. Um, if you go to Pause.com, see what they, the sponsors they get to, to on the ads, or whatever, you, it, it all adds up fast. I mean, I I, I did I was a, a very successful mortgage banker in D.C. for for like seven years, and um, I. I I, it wasn't making me happy. I threw it all away, and I ran to New York and and just decided to go look for happiness. And so I'm not I'm not I'm like money driven anymore. So it's about helping people. And, right. Uh, it's very rewarding. Now, since running these events, Jacob, do you what do you think the gay com? How do they? How does the gay community? Like um, perceive HIV now that you know now that you're out there. Are you seeing different kinds it, of feedback it, from people? It's really got everyone talking. I must admit, <laughs> I keep getting That's people like they're like they're like um, you know, I don't even know if any of my friends are HIV positive. Someone just said to me on Facebook, and you got like five of me and my friends talking today about this subject. And um, what what do you say? Um, well, that's good because a lot of people yeah, you know, said your party don't talk about it. He said, your party started a very long conversation between some of my friends and I today. How? I don't know if I have any close friends who are HIV positive and how that can't be right. So right. thanks for helping starting a dialogue. That's all. Right. And, uh, yeah. He said, that's I mean, I said, um, my events are basically helping making them, or basically, oh, let's see. Some are scared to tell people they're paused, and that's what my events are helping, making them be stronger again in life. And then uh, he wrote, that's good. It's a, it's a weird stigma, it seems. So it's a, it's a very weird stigma, and no one's ever tried to tackle it, and I just want to tackle it. Yeah, well, I mean, are I think people, a lot of people, I, I I think a lot of people have tried to tackle it, but it's like it's going to be ongoing just because. You need a group effort. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it, 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 and there's a lot of people pushing back. I mean, the stigma is massive because, I mean, especially now that HIV positive people can live, you know, with the proper health care and treatments can li- can live kind of under the radar and not, you know, you don't see these sick people wandering around like you did in the in the 80s and 90s and or as often and and so it's easy to be sort of in the closet about it. And because of that, the stigma just grows because people don't talk about it anymore. So that's the thing. So when you get an email from someone that says, like, oh, I didn't, don't think I know anyone that's HIV positive that I'm close to. Well, I'm like, well, you probably do. You just don't know that they are because no one talks about it. And if people talk about it, then it starts to normalize, you know, being HIV positive in, in a culture and in a society. And then, it's, you know, it demystifies it and, and takes some of the shame away and, I mean, it's just, it's it's great. Any any anyone that can participate and yeah, I had the chair of the cherry party come to my um, last party on Wednesday, and I it was like, I'd never seen him before. And um, cherry is the circuit party for DC, uh, by the way, um, right. Robert. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, he came and he couldn't believe like how like amazing environment and how happy everybody was and it was like 70 people there all like talking and being merry and cheerful and just like can believe how like you know how cool it was the environment so i even asked him i was like are you hiv positive because i keep asking anyone I, i'm like i'm putting put more faces to this <laughs> you know i've made some of my pos djs come out of the closet you know so i have seven of them like when have you known to, like seven djs in one city that are hiv positive Right. Like, I have. I am very encouraging and I'm a very good life coach. I tell people why they're going to help and explain why they're going to do it. Well, I know. I think that's awesome because also 
like you said, when you see someone that you know is in a particular position or you respect them or you say they're the head of the cherry party or they're this and they're that and they're or they're a you know, a fairly well known DJ and they're HIV positive, like that little one voice can can change someone else's life. So, I mean, I always encourage people, I'm like, I know it's really hard to come out about it and be honest about it and talk about it on, on a frequent, you know, frequently and honestly, but you're helping a ton of other people be comfortable with their own status. So, you know, think beyond just your little world because yeah. it, it can definitely make a difference. And, like, the more voices that are added to... to I've, I've kind of called a lot of them out on it, too. Like, some of the drag queens I know are pop. I mean, there's a lot. I, I just, I'm a very, like, knowledgeable person of knowing things and I listen and I keep my ears open for things and, and it's like I, I'm like why are you gonna like why are you gonna hide in the closet? You've been paused for twenty years. Like what are they gonna do to you? <laughs> they're right. gonna take you all of a sudden they're gonna go and lynch you because you came out of the closet and you're paused? Um, no. Not gonna happen. Right. Um, no, has I anything think, negative think, happened? I, oh god yeah, good question. Um yeah, I'm a strong Sorry, person, so yeah, I guess things have happened and I guess I just let it go by the wayside. I just, I just, I don't things bounce off me and don't stick. So, um, but nothing's happened as far as I'm as I know to any of the people that um, I put out there on my invites that for my DJs. None of them because they keep wanting to be booked. So, <laughs> I know a lot of a lot of people talk about how you know even after coming out and finally being accepted in the gay community, going out to the bars. Once they start coming out HIV positive, then they feel the stigma from the gay community. And that's yeah. what I was kind of wondering if any of that kind of led over into the events at all. Yeah, I, I'm sure it has, like, worked against me in some of my other events. I've tried to do some mainstream events, and I'm sure. But I don't, I don't care. I keep on going. Um, it, it's not going to bother me. Like, you're not going to like me. Oh, well, well, sorry, that's that's your fault then. I'm like, it's not mine. <laughs> um, it's very making – It's. I'm pretty much getting or opening a lot of eyes here in DC about it, so it's very intriguing. Yeah, the other thing I always have to and say. And about to light up New York um, in two weeks, so. <laughs> You're going to blow it up in New York? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this my events, my events, are, events are busy in DC. They're going to be way busier in New York. Good, good, good. Maybe I'll find, finally find a husband. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, well, the other thing I always uh, – the, the underwriting current that's really interesting about the whole dialogue about whether to disclose or whether not or whether you're going to get a negative, rea negative reaction, it's like, well, at the end of the day, the only thing is it's the truth. I mean, if you're HIV positive, you can hide it if you want, but it's the truth. And it's like you need to let your truth come out. And, and, and yeah, maybe there's going to be, be people that, you know, judge you because of it, and, and, and maybe there will be some negative ramifications, but – it's like the yin and yang in life. You're going to have 50 people working against you, but if you if you keep thinking about it, you're going to have 50 people working for you as well. You just have right. to stop and, uh, and, think and about the, it. At the end of the day, like, is it beneficial to you to keep a secret? To keep a secret, but, you know. If what you I mean? died tomorrow, would you be happy that you kept it a secret? Right. Question. Right. Very good question. <laughs> and uh, I say that to you all the time, and they're like, "Wow, okay." Um, get some thinking. I have no problem. I can think of a hundred reasons for people to come out and explain it. You know, two of my DJs are HIV positive and they're not necessarily put their name to it. They have a moniker they're using because one of the one of them has three kids and two of the kids two of his kids do not know that. So I understand for that purposes of that they're doing it because they're they're a DJ couple and and uh and I called them out on it. I said, Are you guys such and such? And they're like, Yeah, how did you know? And, and they, they were okay with telling me because they know what I'm doing for the community. <laughs> they wanted to know why I wanted to know. And well, yeah, and let's be very clear. We're not, I mean, you know, we were talking to uh, Poya Del Mar last week, and I was like, I didn't mean to out you. <laughs> we're certainly not about outing and forcing people to admit to their HIV status. It's about encouraging people. Yes. You do a good job at it, though. It's the Blair Witch Trial. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, that was funny. A lot of people are scared, and I'm going to help them. I, I'm here to help with that, and so are you. So, and so is Robert. So, Yeah, definitely. Now, what do you say to people who, who want to come to an event, you know, and, and like that, but aren't into the bar scene? You know, maybe they're an alcoholic, so they don't like going there, or, you know, a lot of people who are positive have had 
um, an addiction beforehand, whether it be like myself with meth or or something else. I mean, you know, some people you know just don't. You know what's funny about that? I've had like ten guys like that come and they order soda, and they're like, you know what? I have such and such, but I'm and they order soda, and they're like, thank you for doing this. So they come anyways. Well, and I also think, I mean... I, and, and I'm just like, it's very... I thought that part was very interesting. I, that was like throwing me away. I, and I'm like, oh, you know, oh, I'm not charging anything for the soda. Like, oh, no, really, I really wanted to... I made it a point to come here and thank you and here, take the money. And I'm like, okay. Um, so it's like feel weird to charge anyone for a soda, but whatever. <laughs> well, I also think, Robert, you kind of just addressed my point of view on your question. It's like... So, I mean, he's doing, obviously, he, he's doing what he does as far as bar, events at bars and clubs, and it can't be all things to everyone. Like, you know, yeah, if you have an issue with going to a bar or a club because of an addiction or whatever, it may be agoraphobia or something, then his, <laughs> his events aren't for you. you all know, right, well, I mean, put, what, put this so way, what? I'm actually working on putting a kickball together and, like, a pause team, like, whatever. So I'm I'm not just going to do a bar, and I, I will actually do more, but... It just comes That's down awesome. to getting things together for each city, and then I'm no problem getting. I'm like a social, like I, I'm gonna make it happen. Like <clears throat> so, urban with urban outings in New York, you know, I can be urban outings to the pop community. So right, you're gonna do it all. <sighs> I can't do it all, <laughs> but I am into all walks. I am into everything from opera to sports to everything. So I can pretty much not. And be forced to do anything. I pretty much enjoy everything, so I don't mind organizing things. Interesting. Now, say somebody is listening and they're in a city that you haven't mentioned, and they want you to come there. How do they go about doing that? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people, like you said earlier, from Baltimore who want you to come there. Um, but how can they they do it? Is there like a way that they you know pay? Is there a fee that they pay for you to come to, to host the event and promote it? Good question. Um, I haven't thought that through. I mean, basically, I would need accommodations and, um, I guess, an airline ticket to get there, and then. Because right, there's um, some wealthy people who would be like, "This is a great idea. Come out to San Francisco and host an event." Okay, so like San Francisco, <laughs> I have friends there. Um, I'm sure. So it just comes down to having a place to stay for like a month or six. I'd say I probably need to stay in each city for like six weeks to establish it. It's like going and starting a new restaurant, you know, opening up a new chain in a, in a city that's not open. The people from the one city go to the other city to to start it up, and then they leave after six weeks. So, you know. Right. So I, I had no problem going establishing establishing things, and I, I feel that's the way I will do it. Because I can leave D.C. now because they, they could run this on their own now. And I'm going oh. to New York. So I'm tackling three cities. I'm going to be going like this. Every... Tuesday, I'm going to be going to Philadelphia. In the morning when I wake up, I'm going to go back to D.C. Wednesday night, I'm going to be doing my bus party. And then on Thursday mornings, I'm going to wake up and get on another bus and go back up to New York. So, if you think about it, I'm going to be, you know, back, forth, back, forth, back, forth, you know. Every week. Every week. God bless I, I feel that strongly about it. And well, I'll help, I'll, I ain't traveling on no bus to D.C. or <laughs> well, yeah. where you going, but I'll help you in New York. <laughs> yeah, well, Jack, you can arrange you can arrange someone to sponsor us, and we can go on. Um, you know, I, I used to be a silver preferred with the U.S. Air. You know, that would be nice, appreciated. Um, <laughs> or Amtrak. You know, I love Excel. You know, um, and that's uh, the way I used to travel when I was Mr. Successful. But um, you know, I I'm sure eventually, you know this will come about and I, you know, I will go to all these cities somehow. I don't right. know how yet, but I'm going to. Because when I'm determined to do something, it's going to happen. So I'm going to Chicago for IML to do my code party at um, the host hotel. Steve Henderson's a DJ there. He's going to help me go see all the venues that he's hooked into and uh, I'll arrange to do my code party, my pod party, and my skate comedy show there um, after May. So once that city is done, then I'll move on to, say, Miami. I'm friends with uh, Bob Beck, who owns Mova, and, and Vlada Lounge down there is, that I'm working with already in New York wants me to do events, so Miami is an easy choice for me. 
cool. And the pods community in Miami is very large. Now, um, another question that something that Robert said made me think of. What would you say to someone who hypothetically would like to come to one of the events that already is existing, but is just scared? Um, I get lots of emails, and no one's ever said that, so I don't know. Really? Because I mean, I remember when I was first going to there. I mean, there was like pause, all pause dances here at like the Gay and Lesbian Center long ago and stuff, and I was like. I don't know if I want people to see me at them or like I don't know. I do think there's probably I guess people the places that... I picked to do it is such a place where they can walk in and not really be seen by the rest of the gay community. Right. It's really pretty much safe the way I've been doing it. Like a Vlada Lounge. There's a second door entrance actually to Vlada Lounge in New York that right. I can use. Um so if people if I felt people weren't coming in and going upstairs, you know. I mean it's really no one no one's gonna think twice about it. I mean, they're not going to really go and, like, stalk out the stairs to see who's going up and down it. No, I know, I know. But I just, <laughs> so my, my thing is, like, I encourage anyone to just come because if I'm throwing it, you're going to feel very safe about coming out to enjoy yourself. Okay, good. That's why I'm doing it cool. personally, so I can, like, guarantee that. Good. I look forward to when you come into Philly. We're down to, like, the last four minutes, Jacob. Can you just real quickly um, let people know when you're, the events that you do have coming up that these, um, you know, uh, our audience can come to? Uh, yeah. Um, my next pause event is on April 16th at, or I mean, um, let's see, no. It's every Wednesday in D.C. And then starting April 22nd is um, New York. And then starting in May, um, which I'll I'll figure out next weekend when that is. Um, but if they go to facebook.com slash P-O-Z-D-C, uh, they can become a fan and keep um, up to date on all the pause events. Uh, that's where I'm most active. We're, we're also going to post them on uh, the Pause I Am Network. Um, eventually, we're going to start posting all your events there so people can find them there as well. And they could go to pausedc.com, pausenyc.com, pausephilly.com, and pausechicago.com to keep up with their city. That's awesome. I have a question here in the chat room from Lauren, who actually will probably, I'll see, try to get him to come out to the event when you come to Philly. But he has a question. Is HIV the main topic of the comedy show when people come there? Absolutely not. No? <laughs> I have all the gay comedians from Logo TV and MTV and Hero TV and um, Comedy Central and Ellen DeGeneres show and stuff like that. So it's like really popular comedians and mostly are New York based. Right on. So, so it's a, just a normal comedy show. It's not necessarily the, the comedy show they're is gay. they're gays uh, and lesbians, right? Hmm. They're gay and lesbian events. They're not a pause event. No, so you're welcome. <laughs> cool. Well, um, we are down to the last two minutes. Is there anything else that you wanted our audience to know about you or your events before uh, we end the show? I think that we covered it. Um, <laughs> I hope everyone. Uh, Feels comfortable with trying to come out to uh, one of the pause parties if they haven't yet checked I'll it out. I'll the one after this one. I'm 22nd, I think. Already, I'm, I'm going to be in D.C., but then I'll come the next Thursday to Vlada, so I'll come to that one. Okay, cool. Yeah. There you go. Well, Jacob, thanks for calling in and, and you know talking with us for the hour. Yeah, thank you, guys. Bye. Uh, see you, you soon. And I'll see you both soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh, he's a great guy. He does a lot of great events. And, you know, I think it's great when you have somebody, you know, one person who has this idea and they transform it into this wonderful thing that's well, very much needed. Yeah, definitely. I think it's cool. It's very cool. So what do you have going on? Anything um, anything new and exciting you can let us yeah, know about? Yeah, actually, I just was in D.C. for a day, and I was um, doing an article and a shoot for Metro Weekly, which is their big, um, one of their big uh, – gay paper things out there, <laughs> but it's because I'm doing um, an event with Living Positive by Design and and Merck for the their big ASO out there called the Whitman, Whitman Walker Clinic. It's their 17th annual um, gala, spring gala, and this year it's called the Masquerade on the Mall, and so it's like a black tie masquerade ball, and um, so I'm speaking at that, and um, I'm making like well, I, I said I am. I'm not done with them yet, but I'm making, like, four different masks so I can do outfit changes because I'm kind of emceeing and hosting and 
there's a silent auction, and um, just to raise money for the clinic. So it's really um, Miss America's going to be there. Um, so it should be a cool night. Um, that's on the 23rd of April in D.C. And let's see, where is it? I can't remember. But um, yeah, I think all the information is on www.c.org, which is the Whitman Walker uh, Clinic website. But I went there. I was there for a day. It was really cool. The clinic's amazing. They do a ton of great work. So. Great, and uh, I would thank everybody for tuning in. And remember, you can find more about Jack at jackmackenroth.com and more about me and the radio show at posvium.com. I want to thank you all for tuning in, and have a great day, and happy Easter. Have a great one, Jack. Bye.